The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, back again for another rendition of the Punt and Pass Pandemic Podcast, the Quarantine Chronicles. That's right. I really appreciate everybody tuning in. Hopefully you've been enjoying my talks and discussions with people all throughout the sports and business world in regards to this crazy coronavirus pandemic that we're all navigating that we're all dealing with, and that we're all trying to find some sort of entertainment without having to have all the negativity and nonsense that surrounds it. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it's scary. But I'm here with the Punt and Pass Pandemic Podcast, the Quarantine Chronicles, to hopefully take your mind off some stuff, maybe learn something new, maybe introduce you to somebody that you find interesting. And I have one of those people here today. I'm sure you're all very familiar with him. It's John Kincaid from Atlanta 680 The Fan. That's right. John joins us here in just a bit. But before that, make sure you follow the show on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, John Kincaid is going to join us. You know John from Buck and Kincaid. That, of course, is the noon to 3 p.m. show every day on Atlanta's sports radio, 680 The Fan. He's also the host of the JK Show, which is a nationally syndicated show on CBS Sports Radio on Sunday mornings. And he's the co-host of the big podcast with Shaq. That's right, the Shaq cast with Shaquille O'Neal. Kincaid is the co-host. They film that at the Battery in Atlanta. We'll ask him about that as well. Really cool. Top on the charts on Apple Podcasts. He's been doing that for a while, so he is no stranger to the podcast game. I wanted to talk to Kincaid because I think it's extremely interesting to hear from a sports radio host when there's no sports to talk about. How has that changed the the reaction and the interaction at Atlanta Sports Radio 680. The fan, what's it like from a show prep side? Again, the month of April was supposed to be massive in the state of Georgia, and those in sports radio are right at the forefront of it. So how does this look for a sports radio station without an end in sight? You watch the news every single day. We can't get a definitive answer of when people are going to get back to work, when sports is going to re-enter our daily lives. How do you fill that space? How do you stay away from creative ruts professionally? Is this the most challenging time for sports radio and sports media 
And we'll, of course, talk about everything else that's going on. Thrilled to have John join us. I've known John for a very long time. I used to do um, some appearances back when I was in middle school on Buck and Kincaid. Buck and Kincaid have been on the air continuously since the year 2000. It is now, I think, the longest-running sports talk show, sports radio show, in America, they passed Mike and the Mad Dog. Of course, everybody knows them from WFAN in New York, I think, last year. It's absolutely insane. They're probably closing in on 5,000 shows together. Just speaks to the consistency that they have had and how talented they both are. John's been a good friend of mine. He's helped me kind of navigate my media opportunities and, and how I've entered into the digital space. So I shot John a text message, asked if he would join us on the Quarantine Chronicles. He said yes, of course, and I'm sure this will be a very joyful, very enlightening discussion. So I am thrilled, of course, to welcome in John to the podcast. Follow John on Twitter and Instagram, at John Kincaid. He's a great follow. He, of course, stays very active on social media, as that is. A part of his job. So without further ado, let's welcome in John to the podcast. Here he is. All right, let's welcome in our special guest on this episode of the Quarantine Chronicles right here on Punt and Pass. A good friend of mine, somebody I look up to. That, of course, is John Kincaid from Atlanta's Sports Radio, 680 The Fan. And also host of the JK Show, CBS Sports Radio's National Sunday Morning Show. And we can't forget about the big podcast with Shaq, the Shaq Cast. You're the co-host of that as well. John, you're a busy man. Thanks so much for finding some time for Punt and Pass. Young Drew, who first appeared on Buck and Kincaid, if I'm not mistaken, I can't even remember how old you were when you were making football picks on our show. <laughs> yeah, I want to say. Were, I mean, you were, in middle school. were you in middle school yeah. or late elementary school? Uh, was I was middle school, middle- yeah, because we moved to Georgia in 2000 when I was uh, in fifth grade, so it had to be 2001 or two when I was and in sixth, seventh we, grade. And that's when we started. That's right. That's when we started Buck and Kincaid because we'll, uh, we'll thankfully, we're in our 20th year. So uh, awesome. this Labor Day, this Labor Day will actually be our 20th year anniversary. Which is just stupid. I mean, it's honestly, it's just stupid. It's so crazy to think that you do anything. It's so amazing. And I talked about it uh, before I brought you on. You and Buck are now the longest continuously running sports radio show in America, right? Yeah, with with the same like partners, same partners. Other shows have had other shows have had like people come and go and leave and come back, you know. But uh, no, just the two of us. um, And I think even crazier in that in knowing radio industry. We've had three producers in 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. Like that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen uh, most of the time either because in our industry, you tend to have a guy come in for a couple of years, uh, produce you, and then move on. And we've had some, you know, we've only had three. So uh, it, it's, been a, it's been an incredible experience, and uh, I'm glad I can help Shaq too. I mean, Drew, really big time. I'm glad that I'm able to bring a little bit of exposure <laughs> to him because before me – before me, I mean, what did you know? You knew he played basketball, but you didn't see him on TV. You didn't You didn't really hear from Shaq. He wasn't really known. So I'm just glad to try to raise his exposure just a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, his transition into the media has been one of the more seamless ones that we've seen from athlete to media personality. And he's so versatile. I mean, it's really amazing how he's really transitioned himself. And it's fun to see somebody like you working with him. And I'm going to ask you about, obviously, a specific event that happened what feels like two years ago, but it was only about six or seven weeks ago that you had some unbelievable access 
and reaction to. But let me do some Buck and Kincaid trivia right here on my own. You sure. said three producers, Kofar, Chadwick, and now Carlos? Correct. Wow. That is correct. Wow. And that is, I mean, that is a, that is a fantastic. Jason Kofar, who uh, actually left the state after he was done with Buck and Kincaid and did a couple other shows. <laughs> he but he actually fled the state. He fled the state. He, he, he was tired of the abuse of dealing with us, and he's now over the South Carolina lines with his beautiful family. And then Chadwick, look, we take a, we take a kid from Oglethorpe and, and Marietta, a, a real blue blood, you know, a, and we take that kid and toughen him up, and now he's the you know, executive producer of the Braves Radio Network. So Buck and Kincaid, we consider ourselves star makers. Absolutely. That's really what we are. The Chadwicks of Cobb County. Yeah, Jay Chad, obviously. Yeah, they, they, He's yeah, a I mean, fantastic He doesn't guy. get his trust fund, though. He doesn't get his trust <laughs> fund, though, I, I think, till he's 40. So it's just about where he's getting 20 times. So he had to work for it, you know, beforehand. Now, they still let him have staff and everything. They still let him a butler, let him a maid and everything. Of course. But uh, uh, we, lo- we love Chadwick. And, and I love seeing – Drew, there's nothing better. Like, even watching uh, you and Aaron and doing stuff with the punt and pass and, 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 and watching producers and, and people like that that over the years – you see them advance in their careers. And to me, that's like the coolest thing in the world because it's, that's what people did for me. Some of the legends of Philadelphia sports radio got me started and it helped me build a career. Um, at ESPN, there used to be a rule where they would have, when young producers would have their, their first producing job at ESPN radio would be to produce my Sunday show. That was like the rule. When you first got your chance to be a producer, you got my show. And some of the biggest names, you know, some of their big names, like, like uh, Sanford Steve from yeah, uh, yeah. the Scott Van Pelt show. He produced my show. His first producing job was producing my Sunday show. And Steve Coughlin is a, he, he, he's a rock star now. He really is. And I've got, I've got kids who are uh, program director in LA, at ESPN LA. I've got another guy, Tom, who is, uh, do, does sports radio in, in Seattle. Um, I, I love seeing my ex staff and people I worked with advancing their careers. Cause that's the coolest thing in the world. Cause you feel like you played a little small part in it. You, you feel like you were a part of them being successful. And that's always a cool thing. Cause people did it for me. No doubt. No doubt. And it's really cool to see those guys continue on and, and really go from the production side to the content side, like somebody, uh, Stanford, Steve. I mean, he's on college game day. He's got his own podcast. He's very, very right. prevalent on the Scott Van Pelt sports center show. So it's cool and to he see. He thinks he knows a lot. He thinks <laughs> he knows a lot, but I knew, I knew he was going to be successful because from the very first producing job he had producing me, he had no problem at the end of a segment. Tell me that sucked. That sucked. Don't do that again. Yeah. Let's not bring that back later in the show. I didn't like that topic. And I would say to him, dude, you are so freaking blunt. You're so blunt. But I swear to you, it, he from the day he started with me, I said, I know you're going to be successful because, first of all, I always welcome that. I don't have any problem with being told, let's not bring that back. For sure. Let's not, let's not bring that topic back. Let's not do that again. But he was blunt from day one. And he he's fantastic. And maybe it's his football background, but I am so proud of him. It's it's great to see and his beautiful family too. It's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, bringing up football, um, I always appreciated oh. kind of no gray area as well. A really black and white approach. Two head coaches that I had, Mike Tomlin and Bruce Arians. I mean, they deal in black and white. There is no gray area. They will tell you on the field in the film room that was not good enough. It needs to get better, or that was good enough. You better keep that up. So that's always a great way. So Bruce was, 
Bruce was like that too. Now you know you know Bruce. You know our history, right? Of course, you know? back back to the Temple days with that, Mark with Mark Dalton. Yeah, Br- Br- he was thir- he was thirty years old. That's unbelievable. Br- Bruce Arians got hired at Temple, and his tenure at Temple was directly with mine. And and so like you know he was a thirty year old guy coaching the football team, and he um, he was I'll tell you he was a character back then. He's a character now, and uh, I'm excited to see him get this one last chapter with Brady to see what he can do with it. Yeah. And, uh, now Dalton's another story. Let's not, let's not get into other stories. <laughs> you know, guys, That's my they, guy they, right they there. run through the P they run through the PR ranks and, uh, there are certain czars in the NFL and he's one of them. Yes. He, yes. He's one of them. There, is... There's some, there's some guys, there's some guys who are uh, truly top notch at what they do. And again, black and white, he's another one. There's, yeah. Like there's, there's guys. I love, I love that about, I love that about uh, to hear that about Mike Tomlin because I think that about Tomlin. Mm-hmm. I I'm very black and white. It drives my family crazy. Uh, it drives people. It's always driven teachers crazy. Everyone about me because I have a very hard time finding gray area. Yeah, I see right and wrong, good and bad, yes and no, and I'm very deliberate about that. And I'm I'm glad to hear that about Tomlin because I've always been drawn to him. I, I've always been like I've always thought he is. Uh, He's one of those guys that I, I'd love to get to pick his brain. I'd love to just find out what makes him tick because I find him I find him fascinating. Yeah, and I think it just goes to show so does the Rooney family. You talk about a franchise that's much like the Buck and Kincaid show. Very few head coaches, the Buck and Kincaid show, very sure. few producers, a lot of consistency. That's the key right there. And you guys, yeah, as you said, though. yeah, it's it is. Like, it's it's like the David, top down. It's like David Dickey. Absolutely. It's David Dickey. It's our boss who – We've had times of great, great success. We've had times where it ebbed down. And David Dickey never thought less of us when things ebbed down or when things were through the roof. He's a consistent leader who identifies this is what I want, this is what I'm expecting, and then he he shows tremendous loyalty to his employees. And I think that's sort of what the the Roonies are are known for, right? They're known for stability. They're known for – uh, but there's a standard, right? There's Absolutely, standard the you, standard is the standard. To maintain. That's it. That's yeah, the that's, that's the name of the game at Pittsburgh. And you talk about Mr. Dickey, who's obviously the fearless leader of Dickey Broadcasting and Atlanta Sports Radio 680 The Fan. And with what's going on right now with our our current world climate amid the coronavirus outbreak, obviously I, I wanted to talk to you about a lot of things, but but most importantly, and I think most matter of factly right now, how a sports radio host and a sports radio station is navigating a world without sports so so what was the initial feeling at 680 when it was clear that there was going to be no sports for a long time well it's a well first off you're immediately scared because you're you're scared on a couple of fronts for one you worry about the industry as a whole you wonder you wonder about okay i always wonder about it that what i do for a living is fun, but it's frivolous. And I never forget that. Yes, we do a lot of things to support advertisers. We do a lot of things to uh, you know, generate revenue and things like that. But the, the bottom line of what we do on a daily basis is nothing more to me than entertainment, a distraction. Uh, and, and, and so I, I wonder when anything happens like this, are those the things that goes? What, mm-hmm. what do you do? You don't, you don't cut, stop, you don't stop paying your mortgage. Yep. You stop paying your Netflix. You stop paying your, you stop going out to dinner as much. Cause I consider what we do tends to be frivolous, but what we found through is that the, um, the listeners are really enjoying coming to us 
and they're enjoying like the normalcy of having us around. Yeah. I think even I, I'll even get it from emails with people going, Kincaid, you drive me crazy. Uh, you know, three days a week, I just want to strangle you through the radio. But I'm so glad to hear you guys <laughs> on the air. It makes it seem so normal. Uh, you know, it makes it seem so regular. And to me, that's awesome because that's the fear. But also, too, I, I, I fear for the advertisers to our station. I fear for them to do everything we can. And that's one of the things that Mr. Dickey's done with you know, reaching out to the to the restaurant community mm-hmm. with our takeout initiative where we're free promoting on air restaurants that are open for business and their takeout. And we're using our multimedia and our website and things like that to get the word out about those uh, restaurants so people know, okay, these places that are that are that are near and dear to the heart of six eighty the fan and our listeners are available to you. And um, that type of thing to me, we're helping small businesses during the month of April. We're having small business owners on the air to promote their business that's struggling right now. Let people know about what you can do. Let people know about how you can help. And even my own advertisers, like, you know, like Audi Atlanta, you know, I'm I'm doing an ad with them right now about telling people, hey, if you want to get your car serviced, they will come to your house, pick up your car, service your car and bring it back to you all sanitized. Like there's there's things that every single advertiser that we've got at the station is, that is stayed on the air mm-hmm. is trying to get out there. They're they're trying to get out there and let everybody know about. And so that's a, that's an important public service that makes it seem less frivolous because it ain't easy coming up with stuff to talk about every day. When Buck and I do not do, we don't do. What's your favorite cereal bracket? Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't we don't do. Um, call us up and tell us your three favorite Falcons of all time. Who, what's your favorite Georgia Bulldog memory for 20 years? And it's one of the only things that Buck Ballou and I have ever agreed on. <laughs> we, we don't find it. We don't, we don't find it compelling. We don't find it compelling ourselves to listen to others do it. And we don't do it ourselves. And again, some people love that kind of stuff. We just don't. It's not in our wheelhouse. We've never done it for 20 years and we're not doing it now. Yeah, and you bring up a great point, and that kind of leads me right into my next question. And how has this affected daily show prep? I mean, production, run of show. You know, I've been lucky enough to fill in a couple of times at 680, and all sure. the producers are fantastic, and you get awesome email chains going the night before, and you get tons and tons of articles to read, and you are ready to rock and roll when you go in there for that pre show meeting with so much to talk about that it's hard to narrow it down to even three hours. So, so how has this changed the production? aspect without anything to look forward to on a daily basis well you know what it's done is like you you're i know you're a big listener chuck and Chernoff. chuck and Chernoff are more fun than buck and Kincaid. Mm-hmm. they're more they're more of a fun show they're more of a goofy show um they do crazy zany stuff with uh with uh hoyt and lows those guys those guys do really do a really good fun at bringing bring in the fun Domino and Cellini is sort of two guys that you're almost eavesdropping on. I always think of them as like a show where you're almost eavesdropping on two guys sitting in a bar and you're eavesdropping on their conversation and maybe you'll join in or maybe you'll just listen to be, to be entertained. Buck and I have always been more hardcore, like more dealing with sports. We've done less of the fringe stuff. Yeah. We've done less of pop culture, we've done, but it's just always been our thing. And we've never felt that we need to be more like them or more like somebody else. But what we found is people have been we've been getting into more of talking about well, what's going on in our homes. You know, Buck's got three kids. Yeah. And he's uh, he's got their they've got their challenges. And my daughter doing virtual school at Marist upstairs and things like that. And we've been getting into conversations and we found people are really enjoying us getting into off topic conversations. 
like stuff that we don't normally talk about. Buck and I don't usually talk about, spend a lot of time talking about sort of odd stuff that happened to us the day before. It's just not our show. But we're finding that people are like, man, we're loving to, we're loving hearing you guys talk about stuff that we don't usually hear you talk about. And I think honestly, it's getting Buck and I to loosen up a little bit. Yeah. Because I can tell you, after 20 years, we are two very different guys, but we have we have more commonality than we have difference. We have more. There's more common between him and I than there is difference. It's just we have different personalities, but. Our core, like sort of core values and things like that, uh, we are very much aligned. And there's a lot of things that we just have thankfully found our way to agree on over the years. And the stuff that we don't agree on, the boss, our first boss, Mike Thompson, used to tell us, hey, butter, the stuff <laughs> we don't agree on, that's what drives the show. Yeah. That's what drives the show. The commonality is cool. Uh, that allows you to stay together for 20 years where you don't murder each other. Uh, and there have been times both of us over the years have wanted to murder the other on a specific day. Uh, but it, it gives you, there's a respect factor in that we can find a way to coexist, work together, and put together something that's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, most. And the producers, by the way, do a big part of that because every single producer we've ever had has changed us. Jay Chad changed us from Kofar and sort of evolved the show. Yep. Carlos is a totally different level. Like, Carlos is a much more in your face producer. He is a much more in your face. Uh, tell you, uh, uh, I don't like that. Don't do that. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Don't do that. That sounds stupid. Why are you doing that? And Los doesn't hold back at all. And I'm blessed for all of them. I'm blessed, you know, getting a chance to work with all of them. No question. I mean, 20 years for anybody is a sign of a successful marriage. And you and Buck, obviously, you just mentioned it, the give and take, the commonalities, playing off the differences. It's been fantastic. And I know the, the audience that y'all have is extremely loyal and they tune in every day, whether it's noon yeah. to three or the coveted noon to 2.30. I mean, you guys <laughs> are doing it for a very long time and you've done it at a very high level. Professionally and without a clear end date, would you consider this the toughest challenge for sports radio and sports media? I mean, you talked about it when we got started, but sports is usually recession-proof. It's usually everyone's outlet for escape. You think about 9-11. Sure you think about 2008 with the credit crisis. People turn to sports at the end of the day or at the end of the workday to maybe have a cocktail and just say, let me forget about something for 30 minutes. Now we don't have that. This has got to be challenging for sports media and sports radio and specifically. Well, it is, and I honestly think it's where you're going to see the better hosts thrive and the lesser hosts struggle because um, is I, I've always felt we've never needed a box score. We've, needed, we've never needed a box score from the night before to do a show. There's so many things to talk about. Um, I'm a highly opinionated person. Buck's a highly analytical person. Buck loves to get in the weeds and get into discussions of where it gets down to the nitty gritty. And I honestly, I never, I hate to admit this publicly, but I learn from him all the time. (laughs) I hate to admit it to him, but I learn things hearing him talk. And I will many times write stuff down that he says during the show and go back and, and, and and look at it myself and look at it a little deeper and learn about it. Um, It's a, this is the challenge right now because of the fact that you're trying to, you're trying to create unique content without any kind of help from anybody else. Mm -hmm. I've always set it up in my, I've always set it up from the time we got rolling a few years into the show and everything where I took a, a week in June, a week in July and a week in August off. So I would take a week off in the, the second, like second week of August or so. Uh, cause, uh, uh, Olivia school always went back a little bit later. 
uh, and I would take a week in June and a week in July. So I would take off three, and there was a reason why. So over like a, a nine-week period, I would take three weeks off because to me, that was when I would use my vacation because it's harder. Of course. It's harder during the summer when there's only a live Braves game to talk about. It's tougher. Now there's no live Braves game to talk about. So it challenges you even more to try to come up with interesting stuff and, and, and things that, that, that people want to talk about. And what it, it, it's very it's therapeutic. It, it, it's therapeutic to, that we're blessed that we're, we're going to work. Mm-hmm. As Buck and I say every day, we're going to work because like Nick and Chris are at home, Matt and Chuck are at home. So they've kept it where so the front row comes in in the morning. And then there's a three-hour gap for the studio, and they're able to get in, clean it a little bit, get it all set. Buck and I come in, then we leave, then they clean it all up again. It's all set for the front row the next morning. Because we're socially distancing even at work. Yeah. And the the salespeople are – and we're not a huge organization as far as numbers of people, but even like the salespeople, they will – half of them will come to work one day, half of them will work from home. And they rotate around, so we're not constantly on top of each other. So this is the biggest challenge. I don't know that there could ever be a bigger challenge to our industry uh, as far as just because I, I think it's more financially yeah. that people are hurt. And, and I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't look at anything that's going on with me right now as a struggle bus because I know people that are really hurting. Of course. And, and guys, I know guys who um, are in high-powered careers that had been furloughed for a few weeks you have to take three weeks off without pay Mm -hmm. you have to do things there's things that people have to do that are a lot tougher than i got to do every day so we're having fun we're actually having fun with it we're trying to make people laugh and and have some fun and again i think it actually has helped buck and i loosen up a little bit it's gotten us away from okay sports 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 Mm -hmm. and we've always been more rigid with that and i think it's actually helped us to to learn a little bit about it no doubt. And, and of course, I've enjoyed listening as well. You know, I work from home to begin with, and I've got my Bose speaker set up. And every day at noon, I'm listening to Buck and Kincaid. But I would be remiss if I didn't say at the beginning of the year, I was really looking forward to listening to Buck and Kincaid in the month of April. I mean, this was supposed to be a huge month, not only for sports, but for the state of Georgia. March oh. Madness was supposed to be this week in Atlanta. The Masters supposed to be next week in Augusta. Brave season supposed to start right there at the Battery, where your studio oh is gosh. at Truist Park. Spring football, Georgia and Georgia Tech. Finally, some optimism around Georgia Tech football. And now it's nothing. Sure. We have this gigantic void. It's just really, you know, for me, and, and I would assume for you as well, our home state of Georgia was supposed to be propped up on this pedestal to say, look at what good this can do, not only for our economy here, but for the general state of the sports world. And we're missing out on that. I'm glad I haven't seen too many, you know, Atlanta sports curse tweets and, and, and funny memes or whatnot right. on social media. But um, just a bummer, man. Just a bummer. By the, way, I, I, by the way, the one thing, just at the sports curse thing, if I could just say one thing about that. I really believe the strange thing about that all is that it's Atlantans who perpetuate it. Yeah, that's very true. Every time you see it, it's uh, people in, in Chicago and New York and Philly and Boston and everything. Don't look at Atlanta as a cursed sports town. There's the, the Atlanta Falcons have played in the NFC championship game, have played in the final four, four times in 21 seasons. Yeah. There are cities, there are cities that never sniffed that that never sniffed that opportunity. And the Braves, the success, even the Braves have had just in this generation, just since 2000, the amount of times they've been to the postseason, the amount of times, 
nobody looks at Atlanta as a cursed sports town. They look, there are a lot of sports cities that look at Americans uh, that look in Atlanta and say, man, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. I wish I, you know, saw that Hawks, not so much, not so much, but um, Georgia in the mix. I mean, and Georgia was in the mix back in, in your days and, and, and Mark Rick brought many big moments. And now Kirby, I think, has taken it to a little bit of a different level as far as nationally, how people look at the program. I think people, I think people take the program much more legitimately now Yeah, uh, you know, with, with what's going on with the program. So I don't think anyone else looks at Atlanta and goes, man, that's a crappy place to be if you're a sports fan. I think they – sure, there's disappointment. And that's the, the twenty-eight to three is always going to be oh. the most horrible. It's, the most, <laughs> it's, so it's the most horrible thing. It's the most horrible thing ever. I mean, it's 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 it is the most horrible thing ever. When it was twenty-eight to three, it was. Um, I was trading. I was in the Bellagio Sportsbook watching it go down. I had done my national show out there for the weekend and done some broadcasts with Scotty Farrell. And I'm sitting in the Bellagio Sportsbook watching that. And I'm thinking, the party back home is going Hell to be wild, yeah, no doubt. And I'm and I'm trading texts with can you be at Centennial Olympic Park to be up in a to be up on a scaffolding for the parade thing on on Tuesday yes mm-hmm. you just tell me what time i got to be there i'll be there i mean we're trading all those texts and everything like that and to see what happened was absolutely crazy it yeah. was absolutely crazy i was uh, and oof. i was in arizona you know we were still living in arizona at the time and jackie mm-hmm. and i obviously we love nfl football I was with the cardinals at the time and, you know, I, I like to follow the Falcons. I've got friends all over the sure. league, so I don't necessarily have a favorite team. But, of course, I was rooting for the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. Were you more bear? Were you more Bears? Or were you, like, I mean, as a, yeah, as, people as a ask kid, me this. Yeah, people ask me right? this now. Like, I don't have a favorite team. But if you, if you, you know, gun to head, I would say the Chicago Bears are my favorite NFL team. Um, and I just love following and now got, them. And now you got Nick, and now you got Nick There Foles. you go. We got Nicky Foles. So that's that's right. Good. And that's. That is the best. My puppy, uh, Nikki Foles, is sitting here right next to me as I do the podcast. That's you. awesome. So, That's uh, awesome. We, we, named our, we named our puppy Nikki, and uh, Nick Foles will forever be a deity in our house. No we question. We absolutely love Nick. I just, I just remember when that game was slipping away, Jackie and I were looking at each other saying, I cannot believe this is happening. Like, it was just it's, it's, truly it's, it's unbelievable. Hor- it's so horrible, and – and I've done, I know, I, I've messed around saying someday would I ever write a book, would I ever think about writing a book about all the different jobs I've had in my career, you know, working for two sports networks, doing a show for all as long. But I thought about what I did. And one of the things that I've went and done is I took every, because I'm such a dork, and I am a dork, is every time the Falcons touched the ball from the time it was 28 to 9, not 28 to 3, but yep. after New England got the next touchdown and then missed the extra point. So it's 28 to 9. Um, I counted how many seconds, assuming you could snap the ball with two seconds to go uh, on, on the play clock. I took every Falcons play call and said, how many times did they snap it with nine seconds to go, 11 seconds to go, Mm. 14 seconds to go. And how many seconds did the Falcons burn? Refused to burn themselves that they could have burned off that clock. And if you want to be painful and you ever want to do it yourself, you'll find out that the last possession for Tom Brady should have been like 22 seconds. Uh, you know, it should have been, it should have been a completely, he never would have had time to go down. If, if the Falcons had just snapped the ball with two seconds left on the play clock, every snap. And by the way, if you think that's it, like people will say, Oh, that's ignorant. You oh, can go back no, to 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Well, well, Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson, the very next year, he was trailing 
in the Super Bowl. Remember, Gronk scored the touchdown, and the Patriots came back and took the lead 33-32 and took the lead over the Eagles. And Doug Peterson and Nick Foles, they're snapping the ball every single time, even trailing in the game. Absolutely. They're snapping it with like two seconds left. They're just like, we're not going to rush. We're going to do our thing, and, we're, and that's the way we're going to do it. And so it's, it's just, it was mismanagement, but it's a horrible memory. And I really do hope there would be nothing. I, I'd want nothing more. And I've seen Braves fans have had a World Series, and I really do believe the Braves will be the team that gets one for Atlanta first. Yeah. I believe that that's who, where the championship will come from. I do believe this Braves team will win one at some point here. But, um, and I don't know when, maybe then if you told me, if you gave me a window of the next three or four years, I'd say, sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. I do think it's going to happen, but, uh, I'd love to see Falcon fans get one because as much as I critique Mr. Blank at times for some of the stuff he's done, I've never witnessed a man who I believe wants to win more mm-hmm. and wants his, and wants his fans to see one. Yeah. I think he really does. I, I don't think he spares expense. I think he really does want to win. Sometimes I think his methods are wrong and, and he makes mistakes. And I'm sure there's things about my show that he thinks are wrong and methods are wrong. But uh, to me, it's a, it's, it's, I really hope Falcon fans one day get to experience what I experienced on February 4th, 2018. Yeah. Not that I remember it that much, <laughs> but uh, no, I totally it's, agree. It's, it's, you I, know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I, to- I, 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 I mean, totally agree. No question. And when you speak to, you know, the Falcons leaving so much time on the clock and when callers would say, oh. that's crazy, that doesn't make sense. I mean, that the carelessness and the recklessness of the play calling to not have the foresight to dwindle the clock down. Look, I was in the NFL for five years. I mean, you have analytics teams that talk to the team and interact with the head coaches every single day before Sunday. You have a meeting on Saturday that breaks down the referee crew. What do they call the most? What do they not call the most? How do they na- <coughs> excuse me, navigate specific situations sure. in play in in-game situations? It's crazy in the fact that they did that in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know how oh. you could ever forgive Kyle Shanahan. One more no, question I, for you. And, and for, I, I go ahead, blame, please. By the way, I don't blame just Shanahan. Yeah, no, of course not. The head coach, the head coach takes the most blame. But honestly, I think the quarterback's got to, too. Yes. I think the quarterback's got to understand that that's going on and has to have the awareness to say, look, I'm not doing that. Wait a minute. What are we doing here? And I think Matt's always been one of those good soldiers that's willing to just sort of not rock the boat, not, not, not publicly ever call anything out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that day it would have been better if he had a bigger voice. Oh, I mean, you and I, we could talk about that for, oh, for an hour. And could, I, I want to ask you yeah. a couple other questions kind of away from sure. what we're dealing with right now, but one more on kind of the pandemic and, and the lull in sports. How do you, and you may have already answered this, but how do you stay away from ca- uh, falling into the creative traps and ruts without any sports to prep for? I know you said Bucket Kid does not rely on callers that much. You don't get into the Mount Rushmore, the mock drafts. Yeah, the, we're not the, doing that. Yeah, you're not stuff. doing that stuff. Yeah. So how do you stay away with, from that, but also remaining original and creative? Well, it require it requires us to come up with an, a series of angles. Like I have a bunch for today that I sent out last night. So I, what our routine is I have a bunch of angles for the show. I send them out first. So by like around nine o'clock at night, Buck and Carlos have seen them and Hoyt has seen them. My ideas that here's the kind of things I want to talk about. Those guys will then, uh, Los will send one out before going to bed. He has ideas about things we should be talking about. Los doesn't look at my list. 
and I don't see his list before I go to bed. He usually sends it out sometimes after I've already gone to sleep. Then the next morning, Buck chimes in with his list, and sort of we, we react and we make, a, we make a melding of opinions out of it. But one thing Buck will do is he'll see a hard opinion from me, and he'll go, I completely disagree with that. I've got my points that will tear that apart. Or I love that topic. Let's get into that deeper. I don't think you brought in enough of let's talk about where Dan Mullen comes into that conversation mm-hmm. or something. Like, so we, we, all, we all take lists and we share them of things that we want to talk about, and then we just create, and we just create from there. And, and then Carlos puts it all together. So he acts sort of as the, okay, this is the way this show would best flow. And here's something that I think is so good. We're going to touch on it a couple times during the show, and here's one that we're just going to throw in for like a five-minute you know, segment, but it's all very planned out and it's all, um, and, and sometimes it's too planned out. And we've been trying to stay away from that a little bit to get off, uh, on, on tangents sometimes and things like that, that we don't normally like to do. Uh, and that's one of the things which is, which has been, been fun about this also. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You mentioned it. You guys are having more fun kind of getting off the cuff and, and just giving listeners right. a break, which I think is extremely important. And you mentioned it, like keeping the normalcy of daily sports talk radio, kind of, I wouldn't call it mindlessness, but people who are in their cars doing sales jobs, going from location A to location B, they rely on you guys to not have to worry about what they're currently doing. I mean, I think that's kind of the innate um, aspect yeah. of sports radio and the dooming. And we, noticed, we noticed, by the way, we noticed during this, by the way, that a lot of people too, who must be working at home because our online people that are listening online, people yeah. that are connecting through the website, people are streaming. People are listening a lot more that way. For sure. So we're noticing people are probably, and they're listening longer. So mm-hmm. we love that. That's yeah. always good. No doubt. You know, the doom and gloom that everybody's trying to navigate, the, yeah. Kirk, the Kirk Herb Street saying, you know, I don't think we're going to have oh. NFL or college football. Yeah, I want to ask Herb you about Street. one more, too, because I need you. I need your opinions on both sure. of these. The Herb Street comment, and then I got into it with Florio um, on Twitter the other week. Well, you because saw me get into it with him the other day, too. I always do. You know, and look, the thing about Florio <laughs> is, one, Pro Football Talk is an amazing resource, and everybody needs yes, it, it and uses it for NFL coverage. But two, Florio knows he has the monopoly on NFL coverage, so he gets to insert his personal opinion on just about everything. The day free agency started, Kincaid, he said if the NFL resumed with free agency during the really start of the pandemic, that it would be the worst day for the league since they had games two days after the JFK assassination. Yep. And I go, well, I mean, I what? how do you get there? How do you get there? Adam Schefter said the same thing. I think what it is is Mike, and by the way, he does. He does a tremendous job, and that is a great resource. And in fact, one of my former producers, you know, I was bragging on Stanford Steve, Rob Stats Guerrera, produces his show gotcha. with, with Chris Sims on, on uh, NBC Sports Network. So, I mean, I, I respect Mike a lot, but Mike's worldview, his worldview, his political view, comes into play all the time. All the time. And he inserts it's... it into everything. He thought, he actually believed that the NBA, the NFL starting free agency was going to create this huge backlash because <laughs> in the echo chamber, in because in the echo chamber of which he lives and where he consumes his news yes. from and everything like that, he actually believed that. In fact, by the way, and I don't know how, if you've, if you've touched on this on the show or not, the, um, his, uh, the, the ratings for those NFL shows on ESPN, I mean, people are at home, yeah. but they're bigger 
Of course. And they're better than ever. Of course. Because people are at home and they're dying for this. What he forgets is that people want this. This is what this is the oasis to get them through. They, they, they're not mad at the NFL for doing this. And now Adam Schefter's ranting and raving again about Ugh. something today. Schefter, Schefter was doing the same thing and ranting and raving about, oh my gosh, if they start this league year. And one of the things was general managers hate it. And, that, and, and Adam came out with a thing is general managers hate this. They don't like this. They're against this about the dra- Why are they having it? They had an, and they had to have a general manager's vote and the general managers voted and voted in favor of going forward with. Yeah. So yes, you can, you can have a narrow view. If you find people that agree with your opinion, you can believe that's what the general public feels. It ain't true. This is what people are wanting right now, a distraction and some fun. And I think that's what they're, they're trying to get. I mean, I turn on ESPN and Schefter's talking about carnage and, and body bags. Oh and I'm God. like, I mean, let's, let's be serious here. They're going to have the draft in Las Vegas and they'll do it digitally and through zoom videos or whatever. And everybody will tune in. Well, they're in. not having it in I don't think they're having it in Vegas. So they're not going to have any, the NFL. okay. So they're going to no. do it out of the NFL no, office. No present. Yeah. Because I mean, the strip is just closed. Yeah. It closed down. That right? breaks my heart. I know. That breaks my heart more than anything in the world to see that. But I will be back in July and I will be uh, uh, putting some money in their uh, coffers again. But uh, it's the, they're going to, they're going to do this and they're going to do it. Um, without spoiling anything, because you'll see more, I think, about this coming up, but they're going to find a way to make it a, the draft and the three nights of the three days of coverage, a force for good too to be able to help with the coronavirus efforts. Yes. Yes. That so would make a lot of find, sense. They're going to do, they're going to do, they're going to do some really creative things. And, um, and I think it's, uh, you know, that that's going to, I think really promote uh, helping our first responders, our nurses, our doctors, our medical technicians, and those who are who, those who are on the front lines of this effort. And you're going to see more of that, uh, and you're going to hear more about it uh, coming up. So I think that's a really good thing. The NFL draft, by the way, I'll tell you right now, it'll be the highest rated NFL draft. No question, absolutely no question. Yeah, there's there's no and, doubt and about I don't that. Under, the Schefter Florio thing, I don't get. I don't. <laughs> I don't get the. I, because first off, no one is coming to me. I believe if we come with gloom and doom garbage every day, people are going to turn us off. Yeah, they're going to t- they're going to absolutely turn us off. They're not going to listen to us. Yeah, they're not going to want to they're not going to want to be part of the show anymore. So to me, that's the that's a big thing is to try to keep it positive and try to keep it fun and and also try to dream about. Look, we're going to be back at some point. We're going to be back. God knows what it's going to look like. Um, I'm of the belief that we're going to be back to some sports and empty stadiums. And I think the NBA will be the one that comes back first. Yeah. That makes and I a think lot of the sense. NBA will come back to playing in front of nobody, but guess what? My backside will be in front of the TV. Hell yeah. We're going to need a new couch. We're going to need a new couch. For the <laughs> indentations that I'm going to put in it. And I'll watch more NBA than I've ever watched. And, no doubt. and people are going to love, people are going to love the sports being there and they're going to love the coverage that we're given. And that's going to be a blessing for all of us. Yeah, nobody's going to take sports for granted again. I think we've reached the point finally where if you don't have something positive to say, just keep it to yourself. And if we don't have football in the fall, you know, we're down here in the southeast. If we don't have football in the fall, self-quarantine is going to be the least of everybody's problems because they will be losing their minds. So hopefully, (laughs) hopefully that we can continue to make strides. And and one of the things, the only thing I worry about a little bit more with college football is just the fact is they need the revenue for all those other sports. Oh my god! So I worry about that. But guess what? College football has paid the bills for all the other sports programs in college football for way too long. And in my opinion, if if 
if the lack of revenue of ticket sales and everything causes other sports to not able to be played, so be it. Yep. And I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but so be it because they have been sucking at the teat of football for years. LSU put out their you know, profit and loss sheet. The only programs that make money are the men's football program, like $54 million in profit last year. The baseball program makes like 500 grand in profit. And the basketball program, you know, makes a few million dollars. Yep. All these other programs, they're all operating in negative territory. And if guess what? If you can only have football and the other programs have to take a back seat for a while until money comes back in and fans come back in, so be it. Yep. So be it. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I honestly I wouldn't shed a tear and uh, and that's gonna be a very unpopular thing with a lot of people, I'm sure. Well it's capitalism and I mean that's just the life yeah, that we live. Exactly. And in the NCAA is a crazy marriage of communism and capitalism, but at the at <laughs> the is. end of the day, the sports that make the money will certainly be the ones that continue to play. Last question for you, John, and obviously I really appreciate your time. You told me that uh, after after Buck and Kincaid today, you're going to tape the Shaq cast with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, speak and to me a little bit about Joe that. Burrow. Oh, and Joe Burrow today, Joe huh? Burrow. We are going to we're going to talk. Shaq has found the way for us to get in and talk to Joe Burrow in his that? self quarantine. That is well, awesome. the LSU connection. There you go. Remember the LSU connection. Of course, and when the Shaq Daddy calls, people take Shaq's calls through. You think me, they go to voicemail? <laughs> I get a text back three days later. Shaquille O'Neal contacts Joe Burrow, and it's like, dude, you're Shaq. What's going on? So we're going to talk to him a little bit later on today. That would be awesome. one of the greatest joys. Drew, it's one of the greatest joys of my life is that that man walked into my life five years ago. Yeah, that's really, because really cool. He is, he is everything he does. He is joyous. He does it with joy. He does it with positive energy. He is a clown 24-7. Um, I finally was able to punk him a few weeks ago after never be him pulling pranks on me and crank calling my wife, uh, you know, on the phone, he calls my mom in Philadelphia <laughs> and crank calls her. She doesn't fall for it anymore. Like he loves to, to play games with people and everything. I cranked him with a, uh, with a young man that my daughter found on Instagram that does the best president Obama. And I had him doing a radio interview with President Obama that, that he thought awesome. was real. That is awesome. And it was the best. It was the best. He's the most joyous person, and he brings so much good into this world. I, I, I swear to you. I swear to you. It's a, it's, he, he, he's an amazing guy, and it's a clowny show. So it's a fun, it's a fun clown show. I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing serious about it. There's no, it's a very easy listen, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt. Be sure to check out the big podcast wherever you consume your podcast with Shaquille O'Neal and John Kincaid. John, man, I, I really appreciate your time. You're a busy guy. you got tons going on. You're extremely talented, and you've helped me out a lot as well. So thanks so much for joining oh, me on my little podcast series thanks. here during the quarantine. Oh, that's um, good. I love it. And I, I, honestly, I'm really looking forward to it being back. Uh, because I love it when you guys are talking about too. I love it when you guys are talking about look aheads for games. I get little, you know, little insights into it and everything. And the podcast too is easy because punt and pass, you know, I can put it on my, I can play it on my iPad and be doing work. I mean, listen, I love, I love, I love content. So keep bringing the content and Take care of your girls. Make sure your girls are okay. No doubt, my man. We certainly will. Follow right, John at John Kincaid on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to him noon to 3, Atlanta Sports Radio 680. John, tell the family hello, and thanks so much, my man.
What a treat to talk to John Kincaid again from Atlanta Sports Radio 680. The fan follow John on Twitter and Instagram at John Kincaid. Great chat with him. I mean, what a unique time to be in sports radio, sports media. You got to figure out ways to fill the time, especially with no end in sight. But as he said, enough with the doom and gloom narrative. We will get to the other side of this. How it looks, who knows when it will be. Who knows, but we will all be there with our butts on couches ready to take in sports. We will never take sports for granted again. I think that is for certain. Really appreciate you tuning in again to the Quarantine Chronicles. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Got two more episodes of the Quarantine Chronicles coming at you this week. We're going to keep this going for as long as I can again. Holler at me on social media. Let me know if you want me to reach out to somebody to talk to on the Punt and Pass Pandemic Podcast, or if you have any suggestions of questions I should ask or how I should continue to go about this. I really appreciate the interaction with you, our listeners. Thank you so much. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. See you.